Hey, welcome to Friday. We have the McCamey Manor. Well, we don't actually have the manor. We have Russ McCamey on. He's the guy from the McCamey uh, Manor. If you've not heard about this, this is a place in Tennessee that Pat told me about yesterday. And we started reading about it. We're like, I got to get this guy on. It's a freak show. It is. There's over 80,000 people signing a petition to try to shut him down. And it's a it's the, supposedly the the best uh, haunted house in the world. Scariest, most extreme. Yeah. And no one's ever... He offers $20,000 to anybody who can make it. No one makes it. We talked to him about it. And it's really bizarre. Not as bar- bizarre as our time with Bill O'Reilly today. Uh, or <laughs> Megan Phelps uh, Roper, who is a woman who was part of the... Phelps family, you know, the Westboro, Westboro Baptist, Baptist yeah. Church, uh, that and Sugar Bear, the pimp that, you know, killed his girlfriend. No, he didn't kill her. No, well, he just chopped her up and put okay. her in, in the freezer. Okay. All right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. right. You're right. He's being tried for murder, but he testified just yesterday that he didn't kill her. He just chopped her up. <laughs> this is a Friday episode you don't want to miss. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Remember the Cheshire Cat in Alice in Wonderland and his most famous line, we're all a little mad here. Well, welcome to 2019 in America. Congress is trying to impeach the president this week for, well, I don't know. Um, you know, they had to drop their attempt last week to impeach Kavanaugh basele- baselessly so they could baselessly impeach the president this week. They're basically squirrels, you know, or dogs that are like squirrel, squirrel. They keep seeing a nut, something shiny in the wind, and they've got to move. The constant assault on our Constitution, the rule of law and liberty is something that is subsidized by many large corporations in the United States. And your cell phone company may be among them. Patriot Mobile. You know, we've we've often said, you know, I can't stop going to see movies because we're not making enough good movies, you know, with a conservative or a, a at least a common sense bent to it. I can't boycott Hollywood. I can't boycott Johnson and Johnson. What am I going to do? Well, you can, you can replace your cell company and get the same great service at a fraction of a cost, and you will ensure that your money is going for that service to a veteran-led company, uh, and they're not taking that money and, uh, and spending it at Planned Parenthood, giving it to La Raza, giving it to anti-free speech movements. They're giving it to the things that you believe in. So now is the time. Put your money where your mouth is. Let your money do the work while you are on the phone. Switching is really easy. Go to patriotmobile.com slash back or call them at 877-367-7524. That's 877-367-7524 or just go to patriotmobile.com slash back. Switch today. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. McCamey Manor, not your standard haunted house. It's an audience participation event in which you as an individual will live your own horror movie. 
you have to be in great health. Uh, you you have to be drug free. Uh, you have to have a doctor's slip, I believe. You go through all kinds of uh, uh, all kinds of things that you must complete, including a three to four hour release form. Uh, and of all things, you also cannot swear. <laughs> this is this is the craziest thing ever. Uh, Rush Russ McCaney is the owner. He's been doing it for about thirty years. And there is actually a petition now to get him to stop doing it. Nobody's hurt by it. It's not any kind of sexual gratification kind of thing. This guy uh, used to be in the military and, uh, and knows how to get to people. And he is a fascinating individual. Russ, how are you? Uh, do we have Russ on the? I see him there. We have him. Uh, for some reason, we can't hmm. get him on the phone. Hmm. All right, can you call him back, please? Uh, for some reason, our phones aren't working. This is really going to piss me off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there he is, Russ. Right. How are you? I'm here. Yeah. Where are you guys at? <laughs> oh, we're here. We're just your worst nightmare. No, actually. Um, I can't, I, I really cannot understand what's happening here because everything I've heard about you is that you are a really good, normal, nice guy. And yet you bring everybody's worst nightmare to reality. Yeah, they get kind of hysterical about this whole thing. And uh, I don't know what the deal is. I mean, it happens every year around this time of the year, you know, the whole shut McCamey Manor down, but no, I don't get it either. It's just that, well, I do get it. So I make these crazy movies. I make these wild YouTube films and they look scary because they supposed to look scary. I mean, I'm a, I'm a filmmaker. So I'm trying to make it look as scary as possible. And people just get really upset, blow things way out of proportion. And now they're doing anything and everything to shut me down. And I don't know if it's going to happen. I mean, this is America. This is, you know, uh, do, well, you know, I mean, I know. Uh, look, Russ, here's the thing. I am. I, I am <laughs> so intrigued by you. Uh, you're a, you're a fan of the show. Are you not? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So you're, I mean, a lot of people on the left would say that shows how sick you are, but um, I'm fascinated by you because you are a you you are a you, you don't seem to be doing this just for hype or for kicks. You've never hurt anybody, right? No. Okay. No, no it's it's not that. No one gets hurt. It's um it's very safe. It just it seems frightening when you're going through it. It's all just a big a big show, big illusion, but I definitely have some a few people kind of fooled into thinking it's something other than it is, I expect. Right, but you have been... <laughs> I've seen a video where you've buried a person except for their open mouth. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course, obviously. <laughs> you got to put a cage over I mean, somebody's face and then bury them alive. Yeah, well, <laughs> obviously. Sure. I mean, who hasn't done that before? <laughs> right, right, right. So I'm, I'm wondering, let, let's just start here. Um... <laughs> why do people do this? They're just major adrenaline junkies. These are people who 
have lived and they've done all the bungee jumping and skydiving and then all the exciting things out there and, and nothing really affects them anymore. So they come to me like, oh, I really want to feel this again. I want to feel what it's like when I you know, rode my first roller coaster or saw my first scary movie. Help me out, Russ. Help me out. I'm like, okay, I can help you out. And, uh, <laughs> That's bizarre. So, wow. so yeah. it's not a, it's definitely not some sort of, you know, sexual thing. There's, there's none no. of that going on. No, in fact, there's 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 three very, very big rules in the matter. There's nothing sexual. There's nothing inappropriate, and there's nothing religious. So we keep there's nothing you know satanic or, I mean, there's nothing like that in there whatsoever. Never has been. It's very PG thirteen. It's just like an Indiana Jones ride on steroids, kind of, you know. And like you mentioned, there's no cussing. I mean, how scary can it be? There's no cussing. Well, there's no cussing. You are. You find you everybody starts with twenty grand, and then I understand that if you cuss, you're you're docked five hundred dollars. So there there might be cussing, but they're penalized <laughs> for it. That's right. That's right. Okay. You, you learn real fast that well. I won't say that anymore. And so yeah. So right. now each of these are custom to each person because aren't you just doing? Uh, really enhanced interrogations? Basically, yes. And it's, it's customized for that one individual or two folks that go through per week. We, uh, it's funny, you know, we, we talk to their parents or talk to their family and friends or the coworkers, and, and they're more than willing to throw them under the bus. They're more than willing to <laughs> give us all the dirt about what really scares them. Wow. And so we do a lot of investigative work to find out what's going to make a good show for that individual before anything starts. So there's a lot to it. It's not just showing up and going, okay, I'm here, Russ, uh, torture me now. You know, and I hate that word because no one's tortured anyways. But, uh, you know, that's what the audience seems to think. And that's why that petition has gained so much speed, which is just incredible. It's like 80,000 plus, you know, signatures now, maybe more than that. It's over a haunted house, over... Somebody just doing a hobby. It's not even a business. It's just right, a you little old hobby. People pay you in dog food, right? In dog food, yes. One big bag of dog food helps towards <laughs> the rescue animals. And, yeah, so Amazing. that's payment right there. Okay. It is. It's crazy. Okay. All right. Hey, hey, let me just add it. Is there, I mean, if you go through enhanced interrogation, uh, I know I know Navy SEALs and I know people in the military who have gone through it for real. And it does right. psychologically scar you. Well, hopefully we're not scarring anybody. It's not as intense as if you went to like SEER school, which is search and rescue and, and survival school, that type of thing. And our BUDS training, you know, which is a SEAL training. It's not like that. But I definitely do take aspects of what I learned in the military after 23 years. And it's just a lot of common sense. I mean, you know, I do hypnosis, which everybody knows I do that. And I'm not hiding it from the audience. When they first first come here, one of the first things on the contract is saying, you know that I'm going to try to hypnotize you. Now, I may not hypnotize everybody, but I'm going to give it my old college try here. Because if I can do that, then they're like putty in my hands at that point in the game. 
Well, and so what, there is mind control techniques, but in a but in a fun kind of way, not in some. That's what's so crazy about of, this. You know. is, is you? I've seen videos where this woman is just. She looks like, and I know it's not, but she looks like she has blood all over her face. She looks like she's in hysterics. She's got something in her mouth that's keeping her mouth open, and you're, and you're like, okay. It's about to get intense. <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> Are you okay with that? Are you okay? You seem like Santa <laughs> that is bringing somebody through hell. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. I'm always checking on people. I'm always stopping the show to ask if they're mentally and physically okay to go on. And that's what a lot of people don't see. If you saw that little tidbit, and that's probably a mistake in editing but who knows I, i'm sure it's out there but i do i'm always trying to make sure that people know and that the that the person going through knows that they're safe and they have total control they can stop the show anytime they want to this this deal of not having a safe safe word that ended several years ago because there was a time i have to admit that we didn't offer a safe phrase and they signed up to go as long as we wanted them to go. It's so oh, wow. entertaining. Wow. But but now but now, yeah, there's absolutely a safe phrase. So you would be fine, Glenn. I think you might want to try this just as a you know. You know <laughs> no. Uh-uh. What's the longest no, anybody's no. gone okay. since you've had the safe phrase, Russ? How how long is because you say well, the show can last up to ten hours, right? Right, right. So the way it works is that you have to start the clock you have to do an event grab a key open a door do something to start the clock once you start the clock then your 10 hour meter is on but nobody has even started the clock yet oh my gosh say that people yeah but that's not to say wait wait wow wait you've buried people (laughs) with their (laughs) mouth open (laughs) that's not on the clock you have to get to a certain point of being buried. You have to have a certain depth, so to speak. And once you get wow. to a certain point, now the clock starts. Now, I, I must say, there is one woman who's actually coming back here again in, in November. She's been through it nine times. And she's this Gosh. solid, upstanding individual, you know, who works in Washington, D.C., and a big high player. And she just loves the stuff. But we counted up how much time she spent inside the actual manor. And she's been inside 45 hours of actually doing activities, 45 hours of doing different things. So, My is God. it Elizabeth there's Warren? Lot, there's a lot to see and do. <laughs> is it Elizabeth Warren? Nancy Pelosi? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever had like a Navy SEAL or Delta Force try this? I have. You have? I, I have. And they have not have. made it through, huh? They have, they have not. They have not. And um, I get a lot of military folks. In fact, military folks are my favorite because they have their head on a swivel. They know how to overcome and adapt. They know how right. to, you know, they're not, they're not knuckleheads. And this is definitely a, a non-knucklehead zone. And, you know, we don't want the crazy ones. We don't want the ones who are just trying to come here just for the money. Because if you're coming here for the money, you're going to be really upset when you leave here because you're not going to walk away with anything because the manor is always going to win but in a fun way you know it really is fun and that's why the testament to that is why people come back time and time again no it doesn't sound fun fun. no it doesn't sound fun (laughs) 
It just know, does. I'm telling you, you got to try it. You got to. No, try. I'm not, no, I'm not a candidate uh, for this. Let me let me hypnotize you. Yeah, hypnotize yeah. You. All right, hang on just a second. Uh, we'll continue with Russ McCamey from the McCamey Manor. Uh, you follow it and find it at McCameyManor.com. It is wild. Netflix just just did the movie uh, on it. It's it's pretty intense. So Russ McCamey from uh, McCamey Manor, uh, you're in Tennessee, a, a place called Summertown, which I believe the heat miser had to give it to his brother so it could s- snow there one Christmas. Um, but uh, you are, you're. It, it, how does the town react to you? Oh, they, oh, they, they went crazy over me, and they, and they still do. In a good way um, or a bad way. In, in, a, in a bad way. Right. At least mm. at least the leadership. You know, the leadership, when I first got here, they put out a, a community alert saying, get this guy out of town. This is where he lives. Go get him. You don't want him here. You go tell him you don't want him here. Basically, I had a, a target on my back for quite a while. And then and then the town folk, they started kind of coming around to my way. They started meeting me and thought, well, this guy's okay. Yeah, he's not like what we thought he was. And but but the leadership's a whole different ballgame because they kind of put their neck out there saying, we're going to get him out of town no matter what, and that hasn't happened. So they're still looking for ways to to get me out of town. Is that what happened to you and, in San Diego, or did you, did you just move? No, 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 that's a rumor. That's a rumor. That, okay. That's a rumor that, pro- that probably I started because I like to start <laughs> a lot of stories. <laughs> you know, so, I love a guy who says... I you know, probably it, it, started. <laughs> not, can't, can't confirm nor deny. Right, most right. likely. Yeah. Right. So. Okay, so now let me give you some things. Um, the petition claims that you hire employees with violent histories and you make people ingest pills that cause hallucinations. Right. Well, first off, there are no employees because it's just a little low rust. So you come to the manor, there is nobody here except me against the contestant that's it my noggin against, against their noggin and, and their wow. job is just not to let me get in their head so huh. so that's not true um in san diego we had some actors but as far as what their backgrounds were i have no idea never heard about violent histories or whatever so that's a nice little story um the the pill situation again here's here's where people have to put on their logic caps and i know it's hard to do sometimes or certain folks, all those ones who signed that silly petition. But if I was really, really doing things that were illegal and giving medication to people and torturing people and doing this and that, that would be illegal. I don't care where you're at. That's not allowed. So there must be something more to the situation. And that's where the hypnosis comes into play. Because if I hypnotize you, like I was saying earlier, I can make you believe whatever I want. And that's the magic of the manor. Without giving too much away, just kind of add two and two together and realize that if, that if all this stuff is going on that's in the petition, I wouldn't be here right now. I'd be locked away in the Birdcage Theater someplace. I'd be gone. The petition you know, says so. this: you're literally running, literally, I'm quoting, a kidnapping and torture house. Some people have right. had to seek professional psychiatric help and medical care for <laughs> extensive injuries. Jeez. I know. Sounds sounds amazing. Yeah. Huh. It, 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 
it's good PR, but that's about all it is. But <laughs> they, they can write. It just goes to show you they can write whatever they want. And what they're doing is they're they're just taking their own thoughts based upon movies that are five, six, seven years old that I made back in San Diego. They're not basing anything upon the reality of what it really is. And in fact, every show, before every show, I call the police. I let them know what I'm doing. I, I volunteer for them to come down and watch the show anytime they want to. Law enforcement, the district attorney, anybody can come here unannounced anytime they want to with cameras in hand, film everything they want, but no one ever does. So no one's ever taken me up on my offer to actually see what I do. Instead, they do things like the petition. All right. So uh, if you wouldn't mind hanging on just a couple more minutes, I want to I want to sure. talk to you about uh, how you design these things. Uh, you know, some of the, the weirder things that you've had to do to freak people out and get them to not win the 20 grand. Also, the four hour waiver process, what that's all about uh, when we come back. So we have Russ McCamey on. He is the owner of McCamey Manor, uh, McCameyManor.com. You might have seen an episode on Netflix of Dark Tourist uh, that is really quite uh, frightening. Uh, and you'll see, you know, you'll see military guys go through and they won't make it an hour with Russ. And they're tough guys. Uh, it is, it's truly a frightening haunted house, if you will. He's on with us now. Um, you know, is water waterboarding is considered torture, right? Right, right, right. Actual real waterboarding is torture. Correct. You do a form but, of waterboarding, though, don't you? Sort well, of? I mean, there is a lot of water <laughs> at the haunt. It is a it is a water ride for sure. Water ride. Um, so, you're, <laughs> you know, so it's like going to the water park. It's all, and because uh, water is. Uh, it's a great way to uh, to motivate people. <laughs> now we have we have we've done waterboarding here at the studio. Pat and I waterboarded mm-hmm. Stu. Uh, we With used Ensure. Yeah, we used Ensure, but it was too chocolatey. Uh, uh, he couldn't handle it. He couldn't handle it. <laughs> he he thought he thought he could handle it with the chocolate opposed to water, but it was no. just too chocolatey for him. Uh, <laughs> we we have a guy on staff. Uh, who is trained in enhanced interrogation techniques. And he said, A, that when I told him you were on this morning, he said, oh, I'd never go because you're never going to win. You can't. There's no way to win. Everyone breaks. True? Right. Yeah. True. Absolutely. He says he knows because he will neither confirm nor deny uh, but I, I, I know some, you remember the hairy back guy from, uh, from, uh, Al Qaeda that we got years and years Sheikh ago. Mohammed. Yeah. He mm-hmm. was, right. he was at least around the area when they were talking to that guy. Um, and, uh, and, and I'd like to send him with a bag of dog food just because I'm a good <laughs> employer, uh, and, uh, put him through your course to see how long he lasts. Sure, we can do that. All right, absolutely. All right, now let me ask. Let me ask you this, Russ. Uh, you've had really tough guys. What is the what's the shortest amount of time somebody has lasted uh, in 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 the manner who was a tough guy or thought he was a tough guy? 
Oh, that's that's easy. Uh, I'd say half the people quit during the contract, so they don't even get inside the manor. So these rough and tumble guys, once they read what's coming down the pike for them, they're like, no, I don't think so. I'm I'm done. I really so that okay. So is that part yeah. of it? Is that part of it? Is the is the release form? Is that part of the psychological workup? Absolutely. And that's also where I do all the hypnosis, too, because I'm not, I'm not so good that I can hypnotize somebody in five seconds like some people can. I need several hours with them. I need to really get inside their noggin. I need to do all the repetitive words. I need to do all the things, all the tricks that it takes to hypnotize somebody. I need that time. So I'm not so good that I can just click my fingers and you're hypnotized. So... Time is important. Time is on my side, and that's why. That's why when you first get there in the morning, you're 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 there at you know like 10 a.m. and you're there until sunset, and then when uh, when the sun goes down, the fun begins. So, I've so got, this I've is also all wearing this is also wearing people down. So by the time they Absolutely. hit the manor, you've already worn them out. Absolutely, because we do a lot of physical activities during the daytime. I call it kind of kind of a mini boot camp, and this way, this way it's important. I need to know what type of physical activities they can do and what they can't do. So I'll have them hold their breath underwater, you know, in a nice way, not not in a violent way. But I'll just say, well, how long can you hold your breath? Because these are things I need to know, because there is breath holding inside, you know, whether it be dirt or whether it be water, you're going to deal with. Um, I need to know these things. So during the daytime portions, that's when I'm finding out what their limitations are. And then I'll work around that because the last thing we want to do is have anyone get hurt. So I really need to know where they stand physically and before they roll inside the real show. What is the what is the most common fear and what is the what is the fear that you thought, mm, wow, I'm I have, I'm going to have to work on that one for a minute. Most common fear is definitely water. Water is a great equalizer for sure. And because there's so much of it being used, it's always on you. You're either cold or, but you know, if it's hot outside, you're glad the water's on you. But you're either getting cold or you're just, you're just wet and comfortable. It's not always in your face, but, but you're always wet. And it just drains you. It drains your body after hours and hours of having a big heavy onesie on because everybody has to wear these crazy onesies like a bunny rabbit or a cow or something. You got to be something, you got to be something silly when you're inside the haunt. It just looks so goofy on film, but there's also a reason why I do it because it weighs you down. You, know, you get those big old suits all full of water and it's hard to move. It's just another, another means of tiring you out. Absolutely. And what is the what, have you have you met with anybody that you thought this one's going to be hard to crack or this person's fear is unusual? I did a few weeks ago. We had a war veteran who lost both his legs, a double amputee, and I thought, how in the world am I going to put this guy through the show? But he is a really motivated young man who, who's a rock climber, one of those really athletic guys. You know, he weighs 170 pounds, solid as a rock, but he's got no legs. And I thought, should I even do this? And I thought, you know what? He's so motivated and it's so inspirational that I was like, I couldn't say no to him. And this guy just kicked it. This guy was great. He did everything we needed him to do. I didn't need to, to 
dumbed down the show whatsoever. Um, eventually, I think the, the water and just fatigue is what got to him. But he held in there just as long as the big rough tough guys with all their extremities. It was incredible. I mean, really inspirational. I've never seen anything like it. So Men break was- slower than women? No, no. Women are much stronger. Oh, That's no, like, by uh, far. Because it's, psycho- it's yeah. mainly psychological, right? Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, the women have a much have a much higher tolerance to my little shenanigans than the guys do. You know, Why is that? Fall for it. Why is that? You know, I, I just think women are tougher overall, right? We all, we all have women in our lives, and they're just tough. Come on, we have to admit, guys, women are tougher than we are. We, we know that. So and for, for being honest with, their, with ourselves, they go through some really amazing ordeals in their, in their life and things that a lot of guys would say, no, I don't think so. And I think that there's you know? a lot. I think there's something to girls. I've had girls. I've had boys uh, in the, at raising them. Girls are mean. Girls are mean oh. to each other when they're in, you know, their teen years. They go through some really nasty things uh, in school years. Yeah, I agree. They're and they're very competitive. I mean, they're much more competitive than the guys are. The guys are, are like, "Hey, this oh, is yeah. fun." Let's, but but the women are like, "No, this is serious, Russ. Bring it on. Bring and, it on, Russ. We're doing this right now." And do you use do you use animals? I do. Lots of spiders and snakes and scorpions uh, and uh, rats mm. and. And rats, you know, a lot of bugs, a lot of yeah, little rats. But they're they're field mice. But field mice, field mice are worse because they're smaller, they're quicker, and they love to get inside your clothes. Oh, so as you're, you know, and Ooh. then they stay in there. And no. so now you're you're walking you're walking around the rest of the day with field mice in your little outfit. Oh, and they're my. just you know, scr- <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I say. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! No. Could you make it through? Do you think? Could you make it through your own? show yeah because i because i know how it works yeah but if i didn't know how it, i didn't know how it worked then no no so no one's going to make it through you know just be really clear with that and that's why when people come here they need to come here for the right reason because they want to they want to push themselves and they're and they're coming here just because it's entertainment and it really is fun and a testament no it doesn't sound fun <laughs> it doesn't you know it sounds fun for you know honestly <laughs> if you watch like mission impossible and you see and and you know i don't know i don't imagine that there are very many people if any people like this where you know he's he's rock climbing without any rope or anything and he gets his right. thrills doing that because his life is so crazy if those people right. really exist, I could see those people saying, oh, I want to go through this. They're out there. I mean, they fly in from all around the world to take on this little challenge. It's amazing. It's not a local thing. But the locals don't go. The locals have smartened mm-hmm. up like, no way. I'm not doing that. But all these folks are flying from around the world, you know, across the pond. And it's amazing. They spend all this money to get here. They, they spend their vacation time to get here. So, so I, I kind of I'm hard pressed. I have to give them a good show because this means a lot to them. Do they sell the dog food at the airport? Because <laughs> that's what I would do. I would set up a little dog food stand there at the airport. It's <laughs> your dog food here. Russ has has there has there has there ever been a person you thought was going to make it that you thought okay maybe no. maybe they can go the distance? Never. No. Wow. No. Never. 
How many people do you turn away? Oh, my gosh. I turn away uh, thousands and thousands because the waiting list is mm. – I, I can't even comprehend what it is anymore. In fact, it's so big right now, we have to go to a, lot, a lotto to win a ticket here, um, especially since all this craziness. You know, that's one thing that these petition people don't get. All they did was just gain more attention to oh, the yeah. manor yeah, yeah. and made it more popular. I just hope that nothing crazy does go on because, you know, it is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And this is just a hobby. It's like saying, you know, Glenn, you like flying remote control airplanes. Well, you're no longer allowed to do that, Glenn, because we don't like what you're doing. And it's the same thing. Nobody is getting hurt. It's not what the petition says whatsoever. So it is frustrating because I have people coming out of the woodwork. Um, you know, this weekend I have an inspector coming out now. They have to inspect for for fire safety now. And there's no fire safety codes, but they're just doing whatever they can do to kind of harass at this point in, in, point in time. You, so it is kind of frustrating. You only charge dog food for doing this. This is something that, you know, you're doing it part-time. Is, are you really actually a wedding singer as your full-time job? I, well, kind of as a, as a part-time gig, yeah. Like if you... There's a movie on Netflix called Haunters, The Art of the Scare. That's a really good movie. That's a feature documentary, and it stars, um, stars me. And uh, there's also the Dark Tourist one. But, but Haunters is a feature film, and uh, it's got me doing the wedding stuff out there. Yeah, if you, if you go to djparty.org, you'll see me in all my glory out there entertaining folks and stuff. So, uh, so how scary can it be? I'm a wedding singer. Come on now. <laughs> It's just bizarre. Russ, it's really good talking to you, and uh, best of luck. The best of the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, it's Glenn, and you're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. If you like what you're hearing on this show, make sure you check out Pat Gray Unleashed. It's available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Mr. Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com and the author of the uh, new book, a new book called uh, The United States of America According to Trump. Uh, welcome, Bill O'Reilly. I, I, I want to start with this. You, you've uh, done an updated message of the day, which is 10 ways the impeachment process is hurting every single American. Let's start there. All right, it's the United States of Trump. Back. I know Whatever. it's a complicated thing. It is. Um, you know, just I didn't read with, it. I haven't seen it. I you, don't. you read it and confer <laughs> with Pat, and Pat will tell you. You see, if I was, if I, I want your listeners to know before we get into the heavy duty stuff, if I were advertising on Beck, the United States of Trump, paying him money. I still he would it. be he would know the title nope. and he could tell you the title backward nope. okay <laughs> nope. he'd be sitting in the uh, you're the one that chair. still wrote the book wait you're the one who still wrote the book i wrote the united states of trump right but i mean word. in in this in this scenario where i'm doing advertising you're paying me to do it yes, and yes. you are the author of the book uh, yes, yeah. and I am telling Still everyone remember. that you would not boot <laughs> not the enough title money. of the book nope. if you were being paid. You are wrong, Mr. O'Reilly. But let's get <laughs> let's get to the uh let's get to the ten things on how the impeachment yes. is is actually hurting the average American. Yes. Um there's nothing good about this, number one. And and if you see uh other people celebrating impeachment 
um, you need to just pull them aside and say, do you understand that we all are in this together in this country, that um, we have to have a functioning federal government trying to solve vexing problems, that we must have a robust economy to support 330 million people, most of whom want to improve themselves. Do you understand that destroying the office of the presidency, not just the president, but the office of it, is counterproductive to freedom? Do you understand any of that? And you'll get silence, because this isn't the way impeachment is being presented. This is awful. You know, I said earlier this week, um, Bill, that this impeachment the all of the so-called evidence that they're presenting on tv is not evidence and this is really reminiscent of the glove in oj simpson's case african-americans wanted oj simpson to be innocent so it it would be a win for them because of history of you know blacks getting crushed by the system they wanted this guy to beat the system and so the glove was it didn't have really anything to do with the evidence. They had bloodstains and drops in his car. They had DNA evidence, everything else. But the glove gave them permission to say, yep, he's innocent. And the well, same thing. The jury, certainly the jury uh, thought that. Right. But um, the same thing is happening here with this. This phone call is giving permission to people who want Donald Trump to be out. It's giving them an easy way of, even though it's not based on any fact, of, yep, he, we win, he's out. Sure, and that's what it's all about, the destruction of Donald Trump. Um, and whether it's Russian collusion or impeachment or whatever they'll come up with next, abuse of power, it is a game now. It's a game, all right? So someone's going to have actual board game, like Monopoly, and then you roll a dice, and then you'll stop on a square and the square will say, Trump did this. Okay? It's ridiculous. Now, I'm not in the business of defending Donald Trump, even though I wrote a book on him, a fair book. It's not a pro-Trump book. But I'm in the def- business By the way, of- if you're looking for a great book to read, uh, Bill wrote that book uh, called uh, The Country According to the President. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> the Little Red Book by Mao Zedong. <laughs> there you go. All right. All right. Go ahead. Um, So I'm in the business of trying to improve America, and I've always been in that business, and that's why I'm successful. So whether it's books or commentary or radio, whatever it may be, and I'm seeing this as, number one, a division in the country now based on hatred of one individual. Now, there is a system attached to the individual. I understand that. But when you got a guy like Adam Schiff, by the way, I, I am counting my um, trick-or-treats. I went as Adam Schiff last night, and it was not easy getting a shirt three sizes too big. <laughs> not easy. Right. I, well, I did it. Yeah, good for I, you. I scared every urchin. Urchins were screaming. Blood that is crazy. So yeah. did, you, did you see the uh, news that we know, we think we know who the whistleblower is now? I know, I reported last night. We know. Yeah, it's so, a thirty-three-year-old Yale guy who's a hate Trump guy, who worked uh, in the deep state and still is in Langley, Virginia, um, who was associated with Biden and with other people, and has two best friends working for Adam Schiff, and so it's a total con. 
it's a total. I haven't con. heard anything about him in for three weeks. Yeah, and you know it's interesting. You know what's interesting, uh, Bill is uh, he is connected with Chalupa, who was who's a main figure on our chalkboard, and uh, we did the chalkboard uh, about a month ago. Five, I think it was five days later is when they said, yeah, we're don't worry about that. We've got another whistleblower. And as we yeah, find out now, 15, this 15 guy whistleblowers, right? Yeah, this well, guy is connected directly to the storyline of our chalkboard. He is this, evidence that it's true. If this were a criminal case, it would have been thrown out. Yeah, easy. It would have been thrown out. Everything's gone because the original complaint is a fraud. So it's gone. What does it say to you that yesterday not a single Republican voted for this? Big time for a win for Trump. And the reason is that there are senators like Romney and Murkowski who hate Trump, hate him, and would vote to remove. Now they can't because if they do, they'll be blackballed by their own party. And nothing um, would make me happier. Yeah, okay. I mean, look, politics is politics, but... I was surprised. I thought there would be a, a couple of Republican congressmen uh, to vote for the inquiry. Remember, this was a vote to continue the inquiry, to continue compiling evidence of a possible uh, misdemeanor and high crime. Not it, one person, not one not witness is mm. said that it is a, a crime. Not one. Yeah, so that is emboldened Donald Trump. So let me give you some insight info, because you know I know him pretty well. I'm very good sources. So there was a big meeting after the vote in uh, the White House. And well, I shouldn't say big, because there aren't a lot of advisors in there. Anyway, mm-hmm. Because we trust Mulvaney. Mulvaney's going to be gone in you know, a matter of very short time. Mulvaney's out. Um, so there's a meeting about five or six people he trusts. And they basically sat around and they said, look, um, now, let's let this go forward because we have Nunez, and this is a big key um, that every American should know. We, Nunez is stronger than Schiff. So Nunez is the minority guy on the House Intel Committee, all right? Devin Nunez from California. He's stronger than Schiff. So it's him and Schiff that will direct the questioning, Nunez and Schiff. And then in the summaries and the and the leaking to the press, it's Nunez and Schiff. Nunez will be on Fox News every second of every day. All right. And so they're they believe that Nunez is going to kick Schiff's butt mm-hmm. all over the place. And this is going to directly lead to the reelection of Donald Trump. So they're happy. This is the first time that the president's been relieved. I mean, I, last time we talked last week, I said I was worried about him personally. Um, because it was taken as an emotional toll on him. Now he's almost buoyant in the yeah. sense that he believes this whole thing has turned after yesterday's vote. I would agree. I, I think this week was a turning point in this, um, and I think it's going to get worse and worse for the Democrats. Um, with one exception, what do you think is going to happen with John Bolton? Because it's very they, interesting. Yeah, they keep yeah. they keep holding him out like, oh, he's uh, he's going to be the the death knell for. You know, uh, I, I, I don't I don't know the ambassador that well. I never used him on the O'Reilly factor, not once. Hmm. And the reason I didn't use him, very smart guy, very smart, was because he I knew what he was going to say. I knew it. I mean, it was 
there was never a surprise, never a nuance. He was yeah, but bringing, he wasn't. A, he was not a guy who was parroting uh, no, a lot of other people. A, I mean, a hard right view yes. of foreign policy. Correct. All right, and and I didn't I didn't use any hard left people either. I never did. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's the dilemma for John Bolton. Bolton, you can't assume that he has any regard for Donald Trump. We can't assume that. I mean, he doesn't like him because it didn't end well in the White House for him. But if he goes in and crushes Trump, and he could, he could, he's dangerous um, in the sense that he knows a lot of things. Um, He will alienate himself from his entire ideological structure. He will be a pariah in this country. I think he's he's on that road already. And but he knows way. that he there's not going to be any anywhere for him to speak. Speaking engagements, no book audience for him, no comeback on Fox News, none of that. So he cuts himself off. Now the Trump administration has anticipated the worst. They don't know. Nobody knows what Bolton's going to say. So the, the counter to Bolton is Pompeo. And you saw that this week as well. Pompeo came out and said, look, I was on the call. And we didn't deviate out from what our policy for the Trump administration is. So they'll put Pompeo up against Bolton. And Pompeo's strong. Remember, ex-CIA chief. All right? He's strong. But so th- do, does this danger there. does this boil down bill really to um an extreme disagreement in the policy of the state department and the state department just saying we don't work for Donald Trump even though they do we don't work for Donald Trump and Donald Trump's not going to get involved and the state department engaging in some really nasty stuff over in the Ukraine well, the State Department now is very simpatico with, with President Trump. I mean, Chris mm. Pompeo is the Secretary of State. They're buds. Uh, yeah, no. It's, yeah, it's I mean better. I mean those long-term players, okay. for instance, but the they don't whistleblower. have any access other than uh, leaking whatever. There, there are two people that Donald Trump deals with uh, every day, Vice President Pence and Pompeo. Those are the only two. And they're both very loyal to him. And as long as they stay there, as long as he has them, he can use them to go out and and negate a Bolton. Now, as for your question about the State Department and the Justice Department and everybody else, Mm -hmm. they all hate Trump. Mm -hmm. They've hated him from day one. Mm -hmm. All right? And that's why you saw the whistleblower. Yes. This guy was was working to undermine Trump. From the very beginning. Oh, he's the guy who said that uh, that uh, Putin and Trump, uh, you know, Putin told Donald Trump to fire Comey. He's the yeah, guy who started all of that. This guy is is, is an activist. Yeah. He's an activist. Very bad. Very bad. But Shrimp, uh, Schiff is in trouble because he went to Schiff because his two best friends work for Schiff. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's really bad. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Hey, it's Glenn, and if you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. His podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcast. Hi, it's Glenn. If you're a subscriber to the podcast, can you do us a favor and rate us on iTunes? 
If you're not a subscriber, become one today and listen on your own time. You can subscribe on iTunes. Thanks. When you say, uh, at least 15 years ago, hey, can you name a really horrible, divisive group? You could probably say, uh, yeah, Westboro Baptist Church. Oh, yeah. But now we are all kind of... We're kind of turning into that. We see that everywhere now. We see people mm-hmm. screaming these things at each other. America has become an online version, in many cases, of the Westboro Baptist Church. Not necessarily screaming the same things, but being just as vile and mean and 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 awful. Well, Megan Phelps. Uh, she's a writer and an activist and a former member of the Phelps family, member of the Westboro Baptist Church. And she joins us now. She has a new book uh, called Unfollow. Welcome, Megan. How are you? I am wonderful. What about you? I, I'm, I'm good. Good to have you on the program again. Uh, first of all, can I ask you, um, the, you kept the name Phelps. You're Megan Phelps Roper. And Phelps is one of those words, you know, like we say, your name is mud around here. That because that's that's because the guy who was helping John Wilkes Booth, his name was Mud. The doctor was Mud. Phelps is kind of one of those names. Why'd you keep it? I kept it because I wanted to reform it. You know, my, my name, Megan Phelps Roper, for a very long time, it meant, as my family would say, God hates fags. And I didn't want it to mean that anymore. Jeez. I wanted to, I wanted to change, I wanted to take it back. And, you know, I, my, my husband recently, we've been talking about, you know, we want to start a nonprofit at some point, And he had the idea of calling it the Westboro Foundation. Because I want, I want people, when they hear Westboro, to not think of people who celebrate tragedies and death, but people who are there when tragedies happen to, to help people who are suffering. I mean, in, in some ways, it's what Chip and Joanna did for Waco, Texas. But it was, I mean, that wasn't, that wasn't personally them. Uh, and, and you have a, I mean, you, you were, you were there on the front lines. Tell me, tell the audience, I know who you were, but tell the audience who you were and how you changed. Uh, so Westboro Baptist Church was started by my grandfather and it's almost entirely my extended family. So my mother, um, was the de facto spokesperson for a very long time and, I was right there. I grew up right at her elbow. I'm her, you know, I'm the third of 11 children. I'm her oldest daughter. So, you know, she called me her right hand and I was right there in the middle of it. I was, I was a a hardcore believer, um, a zealous believer in everything that Westboro taught. And I defended them in the media. I, I was the one who took our message to social media initially um, and, you know, helped with all of the logistical work, you know, orchestrating the protests. Um, so I, I was not, I was not, you know, as I put it, I said I was all in. That's how I felt. Mm. Um, and then the, and wait, wait, before you, before you change, before you talk about how you changed, um, was there ever any discussion like, hey, guys, I don't think this is working. This approach is not working. Was there ever any discussion like that? <laughs> no, because for for Westboro, you know, they they do not use conversion numbers as a metric of their success. They don't believe that, you know, changing hearts and minds is in their power because they believe in predestination. So only God can change someone's heart. And so we we basically saw our, you know, we measured our success as the amount of publicity that we were getting, because all we were trying to do was publish this message that we thought was the Word of God. 
So, and so from mm. that perspective, we were very successful. We were all, I mean, you know, pop culture phenomenons, you know, True Blood, that, you know, really popular series on HBO, the opening credits included, you know, God Hates Fangs, you know, um, which is part of our, mm. you know, just a, t- a play on our, our God Hates Gays um, message. But so it, it's, you know, for them, they just, that's, they weren't trying to change people's minds. And that's why um, they, they, to change the idea of changing tactics didn't even occur to them. And when people would insist that they should, that it was biblical for them to change tactics, for us to change tactics, um, we basically just dismissed them out of hand. So, Megan, when when you are away from this now and your eyes have been opened and you you know what you were part of and your family is a part of and you know, you know, what's what's true and what's not how difficult is it for you to look at our society today and to see what people are doing online on air everything and and not just cry out you fools what are you doing well i can't say you fools because i i was exactly where so many people are now i know I know how seductive that that way of seeing things is. You know the the appeal of absolute certainty. You know the it, my grandfather used to say that it was there was something wonderfully liberating in the idea that in the notion the knowledge that you are 100% right. And he believed that he believed that we were 100% right um, with no possibility of error because we again we had the word of God. And and so when I see this you know, this, this spirit kind of, the same spirit taking over, um, you know, the, the Westboroization of, of politics and American culture generally. Um, I know I know why people are drawn to it, and I understand the group dynamics that lead people to it, but I also know, you know, how incredibly destructive it is to see the world that way and how how ineffective it is to try to, to change hearts and minds to um, to, to have come to, you know, collective to compromise, how difficult that is to do when you have completely demonized anyone who doesn't agree with you on everything, anyone who steps outside of the party line on any, on any notion. Um, it's, 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 it's not good. It's, um, it's interesting because I, I wrote in one of my books, I think it was my last one, where I said the only thing I am now certain of is that I am not certain of anything. Um, it is our certainty that is, is dividing us. Um, and it, it's, it feels, it feels different than what you went through because you see and you claim what's happening over here is evil. And, uh, and I know the difference between good and evil. And this is just, this movement is evil, but that's what you guys thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's, if you are only looking at things from your perspective, you know, you're you're you are looking at 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 current events in light of your your own experiences. And if you cut yourself off from trying to understand why other people have come to different conclusions, if you just attribute it to, you know, this person is evil, they are ill-intentioned, you you are immediately cutting yourself off from really understanding that person and what has led them to those conclusions. Right, and it, it doesn't it doesn't mean that you um, are going to change your point of view or uh, or uh, that you're not necessarily on the right track. 
but you don't understand that you are limiting um, yourself by not listening to how other people got there or viewed it because they are going to teach you something. Uh, and if you close yourself off to that, you end up alone, right? Yeah, absolutely. And there, you know, there is this instinct that I think is very human. You know, when, when we encounter people that we believe are doing and believing destructive things, the instinct that we have is to isolate ourselves from them. You know, we don't want to endorse them. We don't want to have any part with what they're involved in. And again, I, I think that's very a very human response. Um, you know, you're trying to shame them into changing. The problem is that when the divide is as great as it is now in, in so many different spheres, you know, I was talking to an anthropologist last year, uh, and she she explained the feeling of shame as, you know, the feeling that we get when we know that we have violated the norms of our community. And so, you know, for me, Westboro was my community, and I didn't have any community outside of that. I felt completely alienated from the rest of the world. It was this very us-them mentality. And so when other people, outsiders, attempted to shame me, I, I felt pride. I was I, I was happy that they that they mm -hmm. thought I was wrong because I thought they were evil. So clearly, this it just reinforces your sense of righteousness. What's the difference between this and moral relativity? Uh, I, I think you're. I don't believe that you have to like have no opinions about things. Like I, I don't think that you you have to say, well, I can't. It, when you said um, certainty is the root of this, for me, I I, I totally agree this toxic sense of certainty in your own righteousness. It's not, it's not that you don't have opinions or that you don't have strong values and strong beliefs. It's that you hold them a bit more loosely because you understand that there is information and experiences outside of your own which are necessarily limited uh, that can and should change the way you see things. We have to be willing to listen because, not because we are are trying to, you know, say that okay, white supremacy is okay, or or whatever the whatever the specific issue is. Um, it's that what is that what 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 is in this that I can learn from, and how can we build a bridge from where they are to where where I am? So show us how uh, we need to change our behavior. You know, your book is called uh, Unfollow. Uh, and you're not necessarily saying uh, disengage from social media, um, you, you because uh, at least I don't think uh, no, because no. that's that's what that's what changed you was somebody using social media in the right way. So what's the right way to approach this or another right. way? Yeah. So I, I on I gave a TED talk a couple of years ago about this. This was I think the last time I was on. Um, that, that was basically detailing these strategies that um, that people used with me. So the first was to don't assume bad intent because again you need to understand what is actually motivating this person. And I think very few people are actually deliberately trying to do things that they know are evil or wrong. Mm -hmm. They have be somehow become convinced that this is the right way, and so you need to understand where they're coming from if you're going to actually reach them. Um, the second is to ask questions, partly, again, to help you understand where, the, where they are, where they're coming from, but also partly as a signal to them that they're being heard. And so, and, you know, there's, there's this reciprocal thing that happens where, you know, somebody, you ask them questions and they, they go through their whole position, they explain it all to you, and then they get to the end and there's this natural, you know, sense of reciprocation often where they want to know what you think, where are mm -hmm. you coming from, and how And it's it not asking questions... It's asking honest questions. It's asking yeah. questions of, 
I want to know, not questions that will get them to change their mind, because I'm going to have a, I know the answer to this one. Right. Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then the third is to stay calm, which is, you know, as you see in conversations on social media, on television, all over the place, it's really difficult, right? It seems like right now to be able to stay calm in these discussions because we, these are conversations about deeply held values and, and disagreements that we, we cannot fathom how somebody has come to a different place. And so if we can be very intentional and deliberate about keeping you know, keeping the, the hostility level as low as possible, trying to acknowledge, you know, that the other person is, is coming from a place of genuine disagreement and to be, be able to tolerate that. Like this is, you know, embodying the value of tolerance. Um, I think it's really important. So that's the third step. And then the fourth is to make your argument. Um, you know, and again, this is one of those things that sounds very obvious, but when we have these deeply held values, there is this, you know, this sense that anybody that is a decent person would have already come to the same conclusions that I have. And so we, we end up not actually articulating the defenses and the arguments mm-hmm. for our position. So we actually need to do that. Um, and then, you know, I think I mentioned this last time, too, the fifth point that I would, that I would say um, that was not in my TED Talk because I ran out of time, but it would be to, to be patient because people don't change these kinds of deeply held values overnight, like in a moment. Like even, even though I can look back in my own experience to how my mind changed over time, I can point to several moments where I absolutely became aware that there was a contradiction in what I believed. And what it caused me to do was kind of to shut down momentarily, right? And that's what happens to human beings as we, you know, this, this cognitive dissonance, like to finally come to the place where we understand, wow, maybe there is something wrong with my position. Maybe I need to reconsider this. And if you push that, you know, if you try to use that as a gotcha moment, that's, people react very negatively to yeah, that. We, it, it pushes to push us. Exactly. Yeah. It pushes you deeper into your position. So, Megan, I think you're a re- re- remarkable, remarkable woman. Uh, and your message is so powerful and, and right on the money and right for this time. Uh, I urge everybody in the audience to read this and share this with people. What she lays out is, look, what we're doing isn't working. We have to change tactics. And I think she has a remarkable message. The name of the book is Unfollow, Megan Phelps Roper. Unfollow. It's available wherever you buy books uh, currently. Thank you so much, Megan. God bless. Thank you. Thank you. You bet. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand.